This episode of Vergecast, real quick, and then we'll like start again. Sure. Brought to you by Roboform, uh, which is an ad you might remember from uh, last week and the week before that. Roboform is a password manager. They don't want you to reuse the same passwords over and over again or let browsers out to save your login information. It's all very dangerous. And it's hard to remember different passwords for your site because you got to get a strong password with like letters and characters. So just use Roboform. We're not doing great with this ad today, and I apologize to you, but please just save it by going to Roboform.com and use promo code Verge, and they will know that somehow we, we got through this. Hello, and welcome to the Vergecast, the flagship podcast of of really, uh, I would say, our, our nation's internet situation. And preppers. And preppers. I've got 50 tabs of generators open on my computer. Yeah. There's, How many of them are, are spinning up the, the C- GPU on your uh, computer? Uh, HomeDepot.com makes the GPU on my computer go. I've got a, a Twitter series going. Yeah, Address Book Sync is Ad- my favorite. Address Book Sync spun up my GPU yesterday. I miss uh, iSync, by the way. Oh, I sync. Remember that was what you used to sync a like a Palm Pilot and a Nokia. You could sync a Nokia. I had an Ericsson phone that I synced with iSync. It was great. Speaking of Ericsson, yeah, you want to just get into Mobile MWC? World Congress is this week. The Ericsson's favorite show. Are you a <laughs> Are you a European continental cell provider? Ericsson yes. has news for you at Mobile World Congress. Have you guys heard about this Moon Internet thing? What's that? I don't know. <laughs> cool story, Paul. This week is a Mobile World Congress in Barcelona. Paul's going to do some research. Somebody sent me this article on Twitter in Icelandic that I like Google translated. It's like, we're going to put internet on the moon so that lorries can drive around on the moon. All right. Well, I would like to just. Ericsson tweaked its logo for Mobile World Congress this week. We're doing so badly. Do you know what the nickname for Ericsson's logo is? What's that? Three sausages. That's the nickname? That's how it's referred oh, to. Oh, yep. I see. I get it. Hmm. The three sausages logo. All right. Uh, but that wasn't the biggest news of the show, unfortunately. I would like to just apologize to the listener for uh, this shambolic opening to the Vergecast. All right. We'll get there. We're here. Look up shambolic, by the way. It's a great word. The We are, we are in fact, the flagship <laughs> podcast of this company. <laughs> And potentially your company as well. I don't know if the, the listener's company has podcasts. Look, Neil, you want to talk about phones or not? Mobile World Congress is this week. We had a bunch of people in Barcelona. Mm. Uh, Vlad, Sam, just like all the Europeans are out there just playing with phones. If you don't know what Mobile World Congress is, imagine CES without the self-awareness. Mm. It's like a much more <laughs> earnest sort of world music situation. Yeah. Uh, about phones. With better food. With much better food because it's in Spain and not Vegas. Um, but the big news of this week, tons of news out of Mobile World Congress, but the, the, the big news, obviously the Galaxy S9, which is a Galaxy S8. Almost precisely that. <laughs> like, I don't know what else to say. It's a Galaxy S8. It's got a Snapdragon 845 instead of an 835. I think yeah. I think it was Vlad that wrote something like this. Is That's it. It's a compliment to say it's like the S8 because the S8 is so good. Do you guys agree with that? That's a real like Vlad take. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I, I, the S8 was so good, except for you know the fingerprint placement and the dog with shoes, Bixby. So here are the changes as far as I understand them. Upgraded processor. 845. 845 instead of 835. They fixed the fingerprint sensor, so it's below the camera, center mounted, where it should be instead of off the side like the S8. Right. And then there's a variable aperture on the cameras, and the big one has two cameras, a wide angle and a telephoto. 
Yeah. The, the variable yeah. aperture is obviously very interesting. Right, because the iPhone, I believe the iPhone 10 has a, a, a lower aperture on its wide angle, but the fact that it's cool. The aperture thing is really cool. <laughs> I think everybody's was kind of freaking out about it, and now I realize that like it's been a week since I've known about this, and I'm kind of bored of it already. <laughs> yeah, well, right? I've seen a lot of tests. I, there's been a lot of test shots floating around. The, the DxO Mark is all excited because the DxO Mark gets hot and bothered about literally everything these days. Yeah, I will say I bought a mirrorless camera because I can put like prime lenses on it and to have just the the, the best lowest f-stop possible. Yeah, and uh, and. It's not just about shallow depth of field. When you let more light into your camera, you can turn down the ISO and you can get like more saturated pictures. I just, the colors are better. And yeah. hopefully that is the case with this phone camera because it's still it's yeah. still a phone camera. It's not I, magical, but. My my read of what Samsung is trying to do. So the, the, it, it's a mechanical aperture. It only switches between f2.4, which is pretty normal, mm. and opens up a little bit wider to f1.5. Right. Right? Yep. Um, my read on it is that it is there for low-light performance. So it's darker outside. You open it up to f1.5. Where you're inside in the bar. opens up. Let more light in. You have a pulse saying you get higher quality low-light. Well, I've seen some test shots where there is ever so slightly more depth of field, but mm-hmm. not. it's not what you might think. You mean shallower depth? To me, the big yeah. question is... Like I, I imagine that um, somebody who is uh, well versed in the interplay of ISO and f stops and whatever else is going to be able to do pretty amazing things with this camera. But the real test is, what does it do out of the box by default when you just pull your phone out of your pocket and hit the shutter button? Is it going to improve that situation? So, well, I have a similar story to Paul. So it was uh, our baby shower over the weekend. We went home. Mm-hmm. I, I have a new Nikon DSLR. Like, I didn't want to only take cell phone photos of my child. So I bought a new D7500. Mm-hmm. Took it to the baby shower. It's got SnapBridge. So it just, like, automatically sends two megapixel photos to my phone. And we ran around with um, a 35 mil fixed lens on it. It was great. Took a bunch of photos. Uh, my sister was, like, looking through my phone after the party because she was like checking out, and she liked the photos from the DSLR so much better than the many more photos that had been taken on phones mm. that she's basically just going to buy a DSLR now. Yeah, huh. not like. Were you shooting auto? Yeah, uh, we just put it in that no flash auto setting, and like we did a thing where like we just handed the camera off, mm. and various people were excited to like fire some photos with it. So it was just being passed around the party. Yeah, um, and it was like fun to use, and like you know people were like screwing with it. It was more special quote-unquote, than a cell phone. Um, I think you're right, Dieter, that the real test is what happens in auto. I also think that it's Samsung's processing is so aggressive. Vlad also wrote about this. He'd test it out a little bit. Uh, I think his headline was, this is just great marketing. Mm-hmm. It will probably do better in low light. But Samsung's processing is so aggressive that you're, you're, you basically run into it it determines the way the photos look much more than the mechanical nature of the Why can't they be a toggle? Is that so hard? Is it, is that, is it so, so, such an optimized part of the phone that, that's basically hardwired? Why can't you just like, eh. Yeah, I think that's a lot of it. It's it's pretty hardwired into the, the, the processing chip. Um, although it is ironic that you are asking Samsung to give you yet more checkboxes. <laughs> because they have never not done that. Yeah. 
I mean, you can put, and people have hacked like the Pixel camera app on the Samsung phones. Like, you can do other stuff. It's but it's not like built into the. Yeah. yeah. I but so I think that's really interesting the, because we have, we're just at a point now where, the camera hardware is starting to get more. the The question has always been, do you need do you, can you fight the laws of physics right mm. to to make things look like a DSLR? You basically need space. You need room for light to bounce around. Mirrorless cameras are doing a great job of that stuff. DSLRs are still DSLRs. Phone cameras have tiny sensors. They have tiny amounts of distance, obviously, between the lens and the sensor. It's just the way things are. So what we've been doing is applying tons and tons of software to recreate the effects of physics in like larger spaces with cameras. Mm-hmm. Google's done a good job. Apple's the portrait mode, right? Google has portrait. Like we've been applying software to this problem. This is, I think, the first time. Maybe not totally the first time, but Samsung's now applying. Literally, like hardware engineering to the problem. Like they're doing a mechanical thing, and their software is sort of gating how much you can get out of the mechanical thing. And I think that balance is super interesting. Because Google's just like, here's some off the shelf camera parts, but our software will do all the work for you. So here's the thing that is, I'm starting to wonder with the Snapdragon 845, somebody, and I, I forget who, and I'm very sorry, popped off um, on Twitter and called all tech journalists uh, terrible, horrible people in the can. Uh, for Qualcomm, and that the only thing anybody should ever write about with any Android phone is how much crappier Qualcomm processors on Android are compared to the A whatever number Bionic thing that you can get on uh, an iPhone. That the iPhone processors are so far ahead in terms of benchmarking and speed and everything else that it's um, that that if that isn't the very first thing you mention when you talk about a new Android phone, that you're you're screwing it up, um, and. I, you know, I, I am the person who does not like to say that specs don't matter, but likes to put specs in uh, context. And so there's a whole lot of that going on. But I don't know, like, how much does it matter that however good the Snapdragon 845 is, uh, it, it's not gonna be so much wildly better than the 835 is gonna blow our mind. And it's certainly not going to catch up to the processor in the iPhone 10. It might not even catch up to the processor in the you know, iPhone 7 or 8. Um, it'll probably catch up to that, but whatever. How, I don't know. I guess I'm asking Paul to respond to this. Like, what do you care? Do you care? Does is like it's got a better processor in the context of Android phones, and the fact that that doesn't match the processor on iPhones is like whatever. Or is it like is it the first thing we should be mentioning every time? I think that most of the performance gains that we are seeing recently are all about uh, hardware that is specifically optimized to run like single algorithms, like for instance, or, or, or small sets of algorithms. So you have these machine, machine, machine learning. Wow. Machine learning. You have these. Wow, Paul. <laughs> I was going to go home. I'm done. Did you guys hear about that moon internet? <laughs> moon internet. Let's talk about the moon internet. So you, you, you know, Pixel has, the, the Pixel 2 has very specific, chip for optimizing um, uh, camera processing stuff. Yeah. Know, Apple has a lot of very specific hardware. Uh, you know, even like Google right now, like in the cloud, um, they're like, you, they have their TPU2, like their tensor processing units that are specifically optimized to run specific algorithms. Uh, I think that's where the, most of the speed ups are, are happening. 
and you know like intel is always doing this like has like you know specific video decoding or encoding support on their on the chips so i don't know a lot about the 845 or how it specifically compares to apple's new stuff but i think you're you're going to get the most speed by having a marriage of specific algorithms and specific chip design for those algorithms and the general horsepower the idea that you have a very generic cpu that does most of your yeah. work i think is is going away the gpu does all the drawing and a lot of the processing now and uh i don't know what cpus are good for just just break <laughs> breaking on on bizarre character combinations I and mean, i'm not even using my cpu to render homedepot.com right now apparently <laughs> <laughs> Melting down. Is there anything else even to say about the S9? Like they're gonna say they're gonna announce more advancements for Bixby later this year. Great, thanks for that. Can't wait. I don't know. And Samsung's like, oh, it's boring. But like, I don't know. It, it, Samsung makes a good phone. I think the real it's question for Samsung is they are if they want to be the flagship. Well, here I'll start over. It has a headphone jack. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> True. It's tr- it, it does. I was really expecting them to take off the headphone jack and put out like Bixby headphones or whatever. Yeah. The Samsung, like the S9 is now the most flexible phone on the market, right? It can do the most things. You can, mm-hmm. it has the, the most connections. It has the most crazy software on it. It supports the most standards. You can plug it into the deck stock and turn it into a weird laptop thing. Um, the deck stock now is horizontal, so you can like, Use it as a use the phone as a mouse, so you just have like a Bluetooth keyboard and you like use the phone as a trackpad. All oh, that's neat, right? It it is just the most also, computer since it, phone. Since it's launching with Oreo, it has to support treble, and so it may theoretically be better than most of the you know previous couple generations of Android phones at getting custom ROMs. If you still do that, I don't think that's anywhere near as popular as it used to be. But that's like potentially another reason it's more flexible. Yeah, it's just interesting to me that it is the S9 is by far the most computer-like phone. Of, you know, and we talk about this all the time, right? Mostly in the context of tablets and Pixel books and what have you. But this is this thing is now the most flexible platform for doing stuff of all of the major phones. Everything else is closing off, and I I don't just mean it has a headphone jack. The headphone jack to me is just symbolic of the fact that it's easier to connect to weird things with Samsung the Samsung phone than every other phone. That's one example, but literally, I, I always think of the fact that Dieter was at my house and he just like, my LG TV has some weird Miracast implementation and Dieter was like, boop, and his phone shut up. I was like, how'd you do that? And he just looked at me and goes, it's a Samsung phone. <laughs> it supports everything. <laughs> so I think that's really interesting for Samsung. I think what's also super interesting is they've got to decide how much farther down that road they're going while their biggest competitors, and I would just basically rank Google and Apple in that list here in the States, obviously in other places they have a wider list of competitors, but here in the States anyway, Google and Apple are are, are shrinking the surface area of what their phones can do, hmm. right? Like Apple's Apple, they've got their walled garden, they want you to buy their headphones and their smart speaker and use their mail app, which is just an experience. It's interesting, like the... The Nexus phones are famous for being like just the easy. If you want to put some rate, if you want to, if you want a phone to put Ubuntu Touch on, can't go wrong with the Nexus Five. Yeah, you know, like put some weird uh, modded version of Android or something like that. I don't know if the Pixels, 
Pixels don't have that reputation. I don't think they. Will. I think the Pixel is Google's iPhone, and that's fine. I have yeah. you know I have one. It's great. People love it. Great mm-hmm. camera, but it's you see those two companies like flexing their ability to integrate vertically, mm. and Samsung just surface area for days for other things to happen. So like, do you need two browsers on your phone? Do you need two mail clients? Do you need two voice assistants? <laughs> like Sam- Samsung's got to. I think they're going to have to eventually make a decision whether. Mm-hmm. They want to. They want to have build in a parallel Samsung universe to Google's universe, and in order to do that, they they have to just kind of remain a little bit more open. You know what's funny is think of how many things we make fun of Samsung for. Mm-hmm. How many software things specifically that they are have been bad at for so many years and are famously bad at, and yet they're still so successful. I mean, I think they're successful because of massive carrier deals. Right in other parts of the the world, you know Huawei and Xiaomi, like they're they're getting cut off. So actually, you know what's funny? I was in I was in Cancun for my vacation last week, and it was just Motorola phones for days. What? Yeah, everybody had a Moto phone. It was wild. Yeah, are we just are we just we we're, we're are we in a bubble? I think the United like, States is we, a really weird oh, cell phone market. Yeah, there's just a strange fact. Like it, I in India, like. There's hundreds of cell phones get released every day. Right. Um, you know, it's interesting. Like Vivo put out their crazy concept. I want that Vivo phone for real. The, it's an Apex, that's it's called. Um, so if you don't yeah, know what yeah, it is, so. uh, Vivo just put out a concept. Vivo was the company at CES that showed off the fingerprint reader under the screen. Right. And, and to be clear, Synaptics makes the part. But yeah, but Vivo put it in their phone. Right. And then at MWC, they've extended the ability of the fingerprint reader to be basically the uh, bottom... It's third like a of the third screen. of the phone. It's like a. It's like you know yeah. that little white modal that pops up when your AirPods connect to your yeah. iPhone. <laughs> Something that everybody can relate to. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's that that large of fingerprint sensor is under the screen. So you just put your thumb on the screen where you naturally would put it, and you're unlocking the phone. Yeah, and then because it's a full face display, they hid the camera, the selfie camera, under the display, and it like motors its way out. Which is not a good idea. No, it's a super bad idea. <laughs> but it's great. But it's great. I it's love everything it. I want, and I, I want it, it now. Yeah, I love it the most. Having more moving parts with tiny motors on a phone seems <laughs> real is, bad. I, I, I'm imagining a strip underneath the rear camera, a vertical strip that's a mirror. And when you hit the selfie button, it like flips out and like becomes a mirror and turns the, the rear camera into a selfie camera. What was the phone that had the flip around rear camera? Do you remember what I'm talking about? Yeah. I don't it, was, what it was. Oh man, this is going to kill me. It didn't succeed. <laughs> that's why we no, don't remember. It did not. But that's funny cuz that was such an interesting phone. And then all of the other like Android vendors at MWC are putting out phones with notches. The notch wars. Oppo N1. Oppo N1. Oh, was the N1? Was the one with the uh, with the flippy camera, yeah, uh, yeah. Oppo abandoned this idea. No, but it's like Notch City at MWC. We uh, <laughs> we wrote a whole story called the Clone Wars. Yeah, uh, literally all these phones have notches. Was it a- Asus? Who is it saying that? Yeah, the Zen phone has a twenty six percent smaller notch. Yeah, and they refer to it as the fruit phone, which is t- terrible. Ugh. Not uh, they're, they're referring to Apple. Do that. Phone yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of screen-to-body ratio comments out there. Yes, I heard that phrase a lot. Which is real real bad. Um, and here's what I don't get about all these phones with a notch. The notch is not great. It's not. 
Yeah. I have learned to ignore it. Most people that tend have learned to ignore it. Just one of those things that we're all fine. I would prefer it wasn't there, but you mostly stare at the center of your screen, not the top. That's the end of the fine. You shouldn't copy it. But if you are going to copy it, you should copy the whole phone and not yep. have a giant chin at the bottom of your display. Mm. And all of these notch copycats, they're like, look how small our right. notch is. And the immediate rebuttal that you can have is, look at how big the bottom of the phone is, which is also visible to you when you look at the screen. Right. Okay. Okay. So there's a few things here. We can all agree there's no reason in the year 2018 to have a chin on your phone, right? Yeah. Now, <laughs> oh, okay. Well... <laughs> No, like a bold the, pronouncement from Paul <laughs> met with minor squeaks from Dieter. <laughs> there, I would like to agree, but driving a display without a chin, especially LCD, is very is basically impossible. Driving an OLED without a, a tiny little chin is very very hard. Okay, and the only company that's like fully pulled it off, I think, is Apple. Okay. Samsung's come pretty close, but they still got a little bit of a chin. But. Uh, I don't. I don't want to be like, ah, oh, if you if you don't have a chin, you're you you suck. And what are okay, you doing sure. with your life? And sure. Your feelings because so it is actually it, relatively difficult. But let me just explain why. So Apple has pulled it off because their OLED tech is crazy, and it actually is folded under. So they're using right. the ability of OLED screens to curve, and the connectors are folded under. So screen folds under itself, and it connects under the screen both the top and bottom. That's why it's so hard to manufacture. Samsung doesn't do that, but has sensibly decided, well, if we have to have a little part on the bottom, we'll just have a similarly sized part on the top, Yeah, and that's where we'll put all the cameras. Right. These morons are saying, we're going to go notch on the top, so chin on the bottom, are you which makes no sense. You're saying you prefer the notch... Or, wait, wait. You prefer the forehead to the notch. I, if you're gonna have if you're gonna have a chin, you should also have a forehead. Yeah, standard face <laughs> dynamics. <laughs> it's very simple. It's like rules of faces that everybody has understood. <laughs> the rules of faces. Well, but so hang on. So the essential phone has a chin, a tiny little chin, and it also has a notch, but it doesn't have a big dopey notch. It has a notch that is exactly as big as it needs to be, and no bigger. Yeah. The problem I have with these other notches is they're just there. For no, there's like, why not make it bigger? Why not make it smaller? Why, why is the notch this size? It's that size, so it looks like an iPhone 10. Then that's wow. it, and they know it. Yep. But the problem, so, not to dwell too hard on on the Vivo phone, but I hate the look of almost all of these phones coming out, like shape wise. Like, I, I know a lot of people are excited that like there's new colors and a new finish for the S9 and stuff. None of them are appealing to me. Am I just like out of touch with what looks cool? No, I think we're. we're Why can't we get like at least essential? Well, even essentials doing. I mean, good for them. Give people choice. Choice is great, but please come give me a matte black monolith phone. We've always essential made a matte black monolith version. They just released it. Oh, I saw. I only saw the color. They've got a matte no, black? No, there's a matte black version as well. All yeah. right, we'll see. Essential gets it. They get you. Vivo gets it. All these Apple cloners. This is shaping up to be one of the ugliest years for phones on record. Yeah, it's an off one. Yeah. yeah it's not, it's not going to be a fun year of, of phone reviews. It's going to be a lot of – there's a notch at the top. They didn't care enough as Apple. <laughs> like, <laughs> they, 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 
they they blew it. I, all of the iPhone reviews are dominated by like discussion of the notch and whether or not it bothers you. Mm-hmm. And the answer is like it kind of doesn't because at least it's you know it's Apple. They like there's a great Medium post about how the curve of the notch into the curve of the the edge of the screen is like one continuous curve, so it never tangents to vertical. Yeah, like right. It's like deep Apple stuff where like. Johnny Ive is like, don't worry about improving the software, boys. Make sure it never tangents to vertical, right? Like, that software design, that was just a hobby I picked up, right? The the clones are not nearly as well-crafted. And I, I don't know. I just, I'm not. Do you see the Bloomberg story? Mark Irwin um, and Sam Kim had a story in Bloomberg about how when Apple came out with the iPhone X, the expectation was that OLED sales would skyrocket because everybody would rush to copy OLED screens. It didn't happen. So Samsung has an oversupply of OLED screens. Uh, this came out today. Great story. Classic, great German reporting. Um, what's interesting, so they're all using LCD screens, and they're cutting the notch, but they're not, because they're using a different technology, they're just getting the look without, they're not making, they're actually making the trade-off that Apple made. Right. Apple made a trade-off right. to get a full-face screen. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like... Well, and Apple was also putting like an IR blaster in there. Yeah, there's no like crazy <laughs> face recognition tech packed into this notch. It's just the same as ever. We've talked about this too much. Here's what I really want to say. Have we talked about the notch enough? <laughs> notch nearly. All right. Um, sorry, Paul. Just, just let's 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 notch it down a, a minute and move on. <laughs> I don't want this to stop. <laughs> It's not enough. All right. Um, you know what I what I saw when I saw this Asus phone. You know what I said? That's not your design. All right, we're done. That's the end of the Vergecast, everyone. Forever. No <laughs> flagship. No longer. <laughs> we're done. <laughs> we have run this thing into ground. Uh, no, I'm going to say one last thing. Well, we should talk about Android Go. Okay. So, yeah. I'm sorry. Android Oreo parentheses Go edition parentheses. <laughs> Kill me. So Google put out Android One, like, what, two years ago? And said, this is our version of Android for cheap phones. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then something it's, it's actually more complicated than that. Do you really want me to break your spirit? Yes, Please. I'm here for it. That's why we do the show, Dieter. <laughs> Not for your notch so Android One was a specific version of Android wherein Google did basically all of the work and then handed it to um, – a bunch of like super low end manufacturers and think of it almost like the chassis system back in Windows Phone 7. They they basically they did the whole thing other than like here design the case. Mm. They specified the chipset, they specified the software. You weren't allowed to put extra crap on it and it was a bare minimum thing and they worked they had MediaTek processors and uh, the whole thing just sort of didn't do anything. And then they're like, okay, well, Android One is more of a feeling than it is a, like, we'll just make the thing for you. <laughs> it's more of a vibe. Um, and guess how all that worked? Not at all. Right. And so now they have, what they've done is they went to all of their little app makers that make all their apps, all the Google apps, and slapped them on the wrist and said, find a way to make your app smaller. And then they took Wait. a bunch of stuff in Oreo can, and can, they stripped it down so it would work with less RAM. Can I ask? And they're a, calling it Android Oreo Go Edition instead of Android Go because they want to confuse us. Right. Uh, and they also want you to understand that it is a full Android Oreo phone. It can do all this stuff. But the big question is always, why don't you just make all Android phones work well with, with less RAM? Uh, and that's because 
a regular Android Oreo phone ha takes advantage of the RAM to do more graphical stuff, I think is like the really short answer. There's a much longer answer, but that's the short answer. Can it's I, also like app launch time and stuff. Anyway. Can I ask a question of clarification? When you said it didn't work, do you mean it didn't sell or it was a bad phone for Android yes. One phones? Yes. Both things. I mean, both of those things. So, Because there are a lot of low-end Android. There are a lot of $100 yeah. Android phones in the world getting sold. Right. But they're well, not I don't know if there's a lot. There's a few. Well, maybe there's a lot. But we always see that these low-end attempts happen at Mobile World Congress. Like Nokia back in the day started it. Like 15 years ago, Nokia's like, "Oh yeah, we're going to we're going to start selling to developing markets and look at look at the phone we made for developing markets." And then, you know, 5 years ago it was Firefox was making Firefox phones and they were designed for low-end markets. And I think that was like so the $50 just, phone. Yeah, and so like the the getting a phone that's somewhere between fifteen and a hundred dollars has been a unicorn, a white whale. Pick your pick your hundred dollar metaphor, and nobody's pulled it off. But I, the question is: Is Android Go, which is what we're calling it, sorry, mm -hmm. uh, does it have a better shot at doing that than the other myriad attempts at making fifty to one hundred dollars smartphones we've seen before? You know, my read on this because I made fun of Nokia. To no end when they were like, our strategy is these developing markets. Because people aren't confused, right? Like, it doesn't matter how wealthy your country is. Like, you still want a good phone. Mm. And, I, you know, I, all of these companies that are successful in China, India, wherever, are making phones for those markets directly. They're in the mix. They're hyper in – the Indian market's hyper competitive. The Chinese market's hyper competitive. They're, they're competing. Right. with. They're trying to, like – Add features. They're, they're they're skinning the hell out of. They're it. skinning the hell out of it. That you know they're they're way ahead on like dual SIM support. Um, and these uh, these phones that are like a regular phone that we dumb down, they don't stand a chance except for price. And I don't think people are confused by price. I think that's why Apple continues to sell like you know three year old phones because people in those countries would rather have an older iPhone that was the top of the line once upon a time than some sort of like other cheap thing. And every time I see one of these attempts, it's they just seem kind of like baseline confused about the fact that people would rather have the nice thing. They don't want the dumb thing. Like it doesn't really – I don't think anyone is that deeply confused about what is the nice thing or what is the, the cheaper thing. One thing that's interesting about Android Go is it seems very practical. It's very designed to help you make decisions about not filling up your storage and not using too much of your data. And so for people that are constrained on storage, or I think much more common, people who are constrained on how much data they can use in a month, it's mm -hmm. nice to have an operating system being a little more pro proactive about helping you make those decisions. So that's interesting. Here's – this just came – I don't know. There are some early benchmarks of the S9 that <laughs> scored worse than the S8. Which no. is not great. But that's with an Exynos, an Exynos 9810 chip. Okay. Anantech tested the, Exy, the Exynos 9810 version, and their headline is Galaxy S9, Exynos 9810 hands-on, awkward first results. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, of course, here we're getting the Snapdragon version. So, I don't know. All right, I'm going to read an ad. Okay. Then we're going to come back. We're going to talk about the surprising resurgence of Nokia reissues. And then I, I'm just going to rant about Ring and Amazon. Okay. Oh, God. Okay. Dieter is already bored by it, but I'm ranting. This is an ad for mattresses. It begins now. I'm ready. 
Are you struggling to get some shut-eye? If yes, you're in luck, because we have a great tip for how you can zonk up more easily, and that is to buy a new mattress from Mattress Firm. Mattress Firm is- Not a law firm. Not a law firm. It's a mattress firm. They're America's neighborhood mattress store. Their budgets stretch farther when you're looking for ways to improve your sleep. They're more than mattress experts. The whole package helps you transform a mattress into a bed from adjustable bases and sheets to headboards and bedroom decor that have you covered literally and figuratively. So just please, my God, go to mattressfirm.com slash podcast to see what the deals are. I am begging you to go to this URL and check out these deals. Wow. Just on my hands and knees. It's true. I can see it. There's even a 120-night sleep trial that ensure perfection and a 120-night low-price guarantee so you know the paid perfect price. Again, please go to mattressroom.com slash podcast to learn how your sleeping could be monumentally improved. Please, mattressroom.com slash podcast. If you're still awake. Again, I, this line in the ad is very confusing because it implies that some people are asleep at this point in time. You want to talk about this Nokia situation? Yes. Why are they doing this? Because they're thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Nokia last year, Mobile World Congress reissued the thirty three ten, which is like the classic feature phone. Yeah, I still have a problem just even referring to the corporate shenanigans that create these phones as "quote unquote" Nokia. Like, I, I, I know I shouldn't. I know everybody understands that it's HMD and they bought the brand and blah blah blah, and so it's Nokia. But, but like fundamentally, like. Uh, I just hate it. Anyway, continue. Right. The the shell company right. owned by HMD Global uh-huh. that we refer to as Nokia, right. that some people are going to tweet at me to say has some ex-Nokia employees working at it. Also true. But Nokia also continues to exist as a – right? Very confusing. Yeah, making cameras or something. <laughs> they're, they're doing something. But the, the HMD Global variant of Nokia uh-huh. – is now making phones again. And the first thing they did to like, get attention was they reissued the 3310 last year, which made a somewhat amount of sense, right? It was like the same feature phone. They updated the screen, the OS, and the stuff, but it looked the same. Right. Had Snake. Yep. And it was a feature phone. Great. That thing, who cares? But got a lot of press. People were excited. People love that phone. And now, this year, they've reissued a not the same phone, <laughs> which is what is very confusing. So if you remember the 8110 from the Matrix, remember the Matrix? Yeah. It had like like an ejecting, it had like a mechanical so this is a, action. this is a thing. So in the Matrix, you know, Nokia, Nokia, Neo gets a phone call. He picks up a Nokia phone. Right. The, the computer says, ring, ring, Neo. The phone rings. He pulls it out. He pushes a button. It pops open. So exciting. A, a and he's real- like, Whoa. I got it a pops literal. open and he looks at it and he he goes, "Whoa!" Yeah. yeah. Okay. The real eighty one ten did not have that mechanism. No. Yeah, just just pull it open. Because <laughs> life, real life, <laughs> sucks. Uh, there was another Nokia phone that did have a spring, but it looked totally different. All right. And then for the sequels, they like went with Moto, I think. Uh, yeah. I think I'm sorry, uh, something. Uh, We're gonna talk about the sequels. <laughs> Those are illegal. <laughs> Okay, that phone looked like something. Right. So that now HMD Nokia is out at this year's MWC, and they're like, we reissued the classic 8110. It looks totally different. Right. Which makes sense because that 8110 had a little tiny screen. I just don't know. Like, great, it has the slider, pops open, does the thing. But it's, it's not 
it's like if uh, some famous band got back together and they're like, we're reissuing one of our famous albums and they just re-recorded it all, but they were all like polkas instead. It, it, it's just, <laughs> it's a different thing. But anyway, it's out. People are excited about it. It seems like a nice thing. There, there, there's going to be like some really crappy Java apps or whatever on it. I don't know if they'll actually be Java, but they may as well be. Wait, it's going to have Google Assistant. Yeah. And Twitter. I'm very excited yeah. about this. This is the worst phone in history. The way I think about this is, okay, you're Disney and you've been trying to buy Spider-Man for years. Finally get Spider-Man, rest it away from the cold dead fingers of Sony. Of course you're going to make a new Spider-Man movie. Obviously that Spider-Man movie is not going to be a frame by frame recreation of all the best Spider-Man movies. It's going to be uh-huh. a new Spider-Man movie, but it is a Spider-Man movie technically, just like the other ones that Sony made. <laughs> it's like a reboot. It's a reboot, <laughs> all right. right? I think, all your favorite characters. I think all Nokia is trying to do is they're putting out these things, they're getting people excited about them, and then they're going to try to sell you a mid-range Android phone. Oh, they're they're, yep. they're playing the long con. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's like, Nokia is back. And then you're like, I don't want a feature phone. Right. But I am in the market for a All mid-range right. Android phone with a bad a camera and much, no software support. Much more interesting feature phone. Yeah. The Light Phone 2. Yeah. Tell us what the Light Phone 2 is. So it's going to come out in 2035. Yeah. The original <laughs> Light Phone was, was, it was as dumb as a phone could be. And it just had like LED lights would light up a keypad and you could type in numbers. And that was basically all it had. I think it had an address book. Didn't even matter. Cool, great look. Um, now, with almost the exact same aesthetic, they're putting an e-ink screen in this thing. And it's it's an e-ink touchscreen, so you can do, like, messaging with this. They're thinking about, like, maybe you could call an Uber with this phone. Like, it'll have, like, 4G. I think it's, the, 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 the best image is this this image of the, the light phone is on its side, and there's a touchscreen keyboard, and, and hey, friend, has been typed. And it's like, man, I want to be there. I want that phone. I want that e-ink. I want e-ink phones. That's been very yeah. important to me for a long time. Hopefully yeah. there's like a cool software SDK so I can do my own stuff with this. So and the first light phone, yeah, they were like, it's just a phone, yeah, yeah, no yeah. features. No features. People were into it. The light phone, too, they're like, we've gone ahead and added some features. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> like, Look, they're on a very definite trajectory. The light phone has gone to the, the dark side where they the features. The iPhone are. three is like it runs Android now. Like it runs like Android five. Yeah. <laughs> I just I kind of don't like if your promise is no features, you kind of you kind of locked yourself off from think, putting out a new phone. I think this, this is great. All right, do you want to talk about the Matebook real quick? Are you talking about thumb, uh, uh, knuckle cam? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the way, everybody, uh, I, I think I still think the knuckle cam is. So if you're not aware, it's a it's a new laptop from Huawei. It has a just a beautiful three by two, nearly bezel-less screen. And in order to get that nearly bezel-less screen, which also like doesn't have much of a chin, they had to put the webcam somewhere. So they put it in a pop-up button, like one key of the in the like, middle of the function bar row. Yeah. And so yeah. it's like. It's down there. And I, I still think that looks hilarious. And I said so on Twitter. And basically everybody on the planet, including Marco Arment, who has been on a tear uh, ripping into like MacBooks for the past year, was like, no, this is great. Nobody uses a webcam anyway. Uh, I'm the only one who uses webcams because I live that video conference lifestyle. Um, but nobody else does. And you don't, you don't have to put tape over because it it's hiding anyway. 
uh, and you'd rather get, they'd rather have the nice screen. And so people are actually like really excited for it. Yeah. I think that is a ridiculous place for webcam. I just the way we work, we are we're on a video conference data right now. Yeah. Although we're using a real camera. Yeah, we're using external cameras. <laughs> but we're constantly I'm using one of, the, one of those Logitechs that sits on top of the computer. I do think there is an aspect where you it's like no matter what, I always look terrible on my laptop webcam. Mm-hmm. It's always a bad angle. So you want to lean into it. So, well, for one, I can say, hey, sorry, guys, I got this new Huawei <laughs> laptop. You don't want to see this angle. I'm not going to turn my camera on for this video conference. Or um, it's you're in a situation where it's so casual it doesn't matter that you look ugly. You know what you could do is you could make the lid just a tiny bit thicker. And have it pop out. Do a Vivo style? No, it's just like, yeah, just do that. Like, I get that we want the lids of these laptops to be real thin, but. (laughs) Just like, there's a million design solutions that aren't pointed up your nose. I do, just like the the Vivo thing, I love the idea of a pop up camera. Love it. Can't get enough of it. People are really into this maple. I do think there's something that people. it, it does look – it looks stunning to see a, a laptop with no bezel around the screen. But can I tell you something that it is never helped anyone ever be more productive? The only thing that matters for me with the laptop is how lightweight it is. Because, you know, like if, if, if as long as it's like around the size of a 15-inch laptop or smaller, it's going to fit into mm-hmm. my bag, then after that – all that matters is how lightweight it is. It doesn't matter how thin it is, and it doesn't matter how small the bezels are. As impressive as it looks, what is actually useful for a laptop is light lightweightness, is what I'm saying. My measure of how efficient a laptop is is how often the GPU turns <laughs> on when rendering various websites. Right. Uh, no, I think you're right. I get it. I'm just – basically the theme of this show, this episode of The Vergecast is – you made it so thin, now you're making other stupider choices. Yes. Right? Like, we're not yeah. right. quite – we haven't we've, – we've optimized too far in one direction, and now other things that we'd like these products to do are getting, like, literally shoved into corners or compromising other parts of the display. Yeah. We... What if what if everybody just stopped? Like, we've been yelling at Apple, stop making the phones thinner, just give us more battery life for five years, but they don't, they don't want to do that because apparently nobody will buy that. Uh, and now we're making everything else stupid and thin, and and maybe just maybe just stop. Just yeah, let maybe. there be a let there be a forehead on it. It's okay. And that's why you should buy a Galaxy S nine. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't, that's, it doesn't seem like where we'd end up on this show. The world's slowest phone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Breaking news: eight forty five. Garbage. No, it's the Exynos. Uh, I'm not going to buy a Galaxy. I want to hear about. I want to hear about Ring. I, I, explain to me why I should. Uh, care at all that Amazon bought a smart doorbell company? Because sure, Amazon likes wants wants me to let delivery people in their house, and nobody's buying whatever doorbell they work with, so they bought another one. Okay, yeah. let me let like, me why read is that. Interesting. Let me read the next ad. I know I promised okay. I'd do that, but whatever. Just g- get through this with me, and then we'll do ring, and then Paul do his thing, and then we'll wrap it up. This ad is for Simplisafe, which is a security company. Right? They've been around for many years. Simplisafe is a security company that's been around for many years. They've transformed into the fastest-growing home security company in the nation. Now they protect over 2 million people, and they just released a, a brand-new home security system, the all-new SimpliSafe, which has been completely rebuilt and redesigned. They've added new safeguards to protect against power outages, down Wi-Fi, cut landlines, bats and hammers, and everything in between. 
Again, the spectrum between bats and hammers. Wide, I bats think. Bats carrying hammers yeah. is what Ooh. I'm afraid of. All new Simple Safe was redesigned to be practically invisible. Powerful sensors so small you'll hardly notice them, and you, but you know who will notice them? Intruders, because presumably they will be sensed, and then an army of bats with hammers will come out after them. <laughs> I don't, I, you, please don't verify anything that I say in this head. Anyway, Simple Safe spent years building a system. They added so much, but you still get the same fair and honest price. 24-7 protection for only $15 a month, and there's no contract. It's smaller, faster, and stronger than anything they've built before, but supplies is very limited. So visit simplysafe.com slash verge now to order. That is simply safe S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash verge to protect your home and family today. I implore you, visit this website, protect your home from bats with Simply Safe. So Ring, Amazon's second biggest acquisition ever. Mm. There's Whole Foods. And then there's Ring. Just below Ring is Twitch. Which is <laughs> Amazon's most important acquisition ever. Sure. Amazon okay. buys a lot of things. Right? Like Amazon bought a robot company to help them make their distribution centers go in the beginning of Amazon. Amazon bought Zappos. They bought lots of things. But just uh, Twitch was almost a billion dollars. Ring right. was a billion dollars. And then up there is Whole Foods, which they spent m- much more money on. Ring makes Doorbells. They make doorbells and security cameras. Right. I have a smart doorbell. It is the least used smart product in my home. Right. Because by definition, Isn't it outside your home, technically. Yeah. It's well, it's mounted to the home. Okay. It's mounted to the home. Is this all about home deliveries? But do you think Ring has a magic like? Do you know what they don't product have in their pipeline no. that is worth a billion dollars? Like, there's some other thing that they're making and nobody's seen it yet. And but but Bezos saw it. Was like, oh, I got I got to buy that. So if it's maybe if it's about home deliveries, the thing they need to do is open the door. What they don't have <laughs> is a smart lock. So maybe they, maybe they got one of those. Maybe rings into that. Right, Amazon's got the cloud cam and that connects to some stuff. Yeah, Amazon already does have cameras, don't they? Right, and they yeah. just bought another camera company called Blink. I have Blink cameras; they're great. Yeah. Blink makes a doorbell. <laughs> it's just very confusing. A billion dollars. A billion dollars to this company. They're, they're, they make the most popular doorbell. They have $400 million a year in doorbell sales. Who knew? $400 million a year. That's the, that's the number I read. Well, then, then maybe it's just a good business. Yeah, so, maybe. But Amazon's MO is they look at other things that are popular and selling well, and then they go to China and say, hey, this thing is selling well. Make a crappy version of that, and then we'll sell it for a quarter of the price, and then everybody will stop buying that other thing, and they'll buy our thing, and we'll be good. Right? And that like works the, with the Fire with, TV. That's like Android tablets. It's like all the Amazon basic stuff. Like, why didn't they just do that? Yeah, it's just confusing. And mm-hmm. what I what I particularly don't understand um, is Amazon already has this program called Amazon Key, which basically integrates with all the things in the cloud cam. And you like buy their suite of things and then... Right. You know, the delivery person shows up and they get to open the door and commit. Maybe Ring was just too much of a threat. Maybe. Is, is, does, does Amazon seem like the kind of company that would be afraid of Ring? Well, maybe they, they couldn't get an edge in this market. I don't know. I'm just making <laughs> Right? <shit up. laughs> it's like, no it's very confusing. <laughs> yeah, it's right, confusing. Take it back. Neil, you're right. I'm also confused. Thank you. And, All right. and, this was- it, but by definition, and this is the other thing about smart doorbells, by definition, you, the consumer... Never use the product. 
Just everybody, you're in your car, you're driving right now. Just close your eyes. Right. Well, don't close your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> open them. Open them. Quickly. Quickly open left, your eyes. Go left. Uh, you know, just do that thing. Just it, close your mind's eye. Wait, no, do, do that. Whatever. Focus. <laughs> Focus on the road. Okay? I want you to get to where you're going. This would be the worst Verge cast ever. Possibly already is the worst Verge cast ever, but it was. It's not a great one. If we interfered with your commute in any way, I would feel horrible. All right. Well, if you're not driving, close your eyes. The people who are driving, pull over to the side of the road and close your eyes. And just, just, when was the last time you rang your own doorbell? This is a piece of hardware that by definition you will never use. I have a smart doorbell. I never use it. Well, I live in an apartment, but my roommate's always locking himself out. So he's going to ring the doorbell and beep it. But then you're there with your I phone. Mean, and if you have access to your lock, you're just going to open me. the door. Right. It's just very confusing. Hmm. That's it. That's all I got. Yeah. I, maybe the <laughs> okay. whole thing is. I pulled my sh- car over to the side of the road <laughs> for that. <laughs> no, just when did you ring it? Whatever. Fine. All right, Paul, every week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do a thing. By the way, we talked to our podcast uh, advertising team. Uh, Paul's segment is now opening for sponsors. Yeah, if you want to sponsor no. a weekly segment that is always named the same thing. <laughs> it can be named whatever you want it to be named. But it has to be the same as it already Look, is Papa named. John's dropped out of that NFL deal. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Hit me up. Mr. Mr. Papa John. Okay. This one, like like all of them, is called Bounce Shot. <laughs> and uh, I I just want to say that as a as a child growing up, I always loved Well, I'm gonna actually shots. I'm gonna give you a couple bucks. If you could just go ahead and call this Bounce Shot sponsored by Neil Patel. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I'm easily bought. <laughs> I know this is an audio show, but I just want everybody to understand that Neil, I literally handed Paul a couple of bucks just then. <laughs> today's today's episode of uh, or to today's segment of Bounce Shot brought to you by Neilai Patel. <laughs> All your best. Do you want to know how to drive better? Listen to what Neilai tells you to do. Okay, Bounce Shot Cannon made a flash that automatically figures out the best direction to point. So if you've ever seen uh, like a highly skilled photographer at work, a lot of times they'll have a, a flash that they'll be like holding in their hand and they'll be aiming it at the ceiling typically or other things and they'll like bounce the light. And it's fascinating to me. And it's obviously, there's a lot of knowledge in it that I, I do not possess in any way. But we all know, thanks to Apple's uh, advertisements, that lighting is very important for photos and bouncing lighting is really cool. And now Canon has a flash that literally automatically, ain't like a robot, it turns the flash on a digital SLR into a robot and, and, and bounces it. And I just think it's really cool and I'm glad that they did it. So does it fire first and then read the room and then move around? It's very complicated. It, when you double tap the shutter button on your camera, the flash points out at the subject, calculates the distance, then points itself at the ceiling and does the same. Right after that, the flash reorients itself one last time into what it thinks is the best direction to achieve the perfect bounce light for your subject. There's also a, a, like a, a dumber mode where it just tries to keep 
like at one pointing in yeah. one direction at all times. That's pretty cool. So thirty five minutes later, it motors itself, and it's like four hundred dollars. I'm in. I just I just like this idea of pulling robotics into making things better in the world. This one's probably terrible. Who knows? We get one. We'll try it out. I'm into it. Good segment, Paul. I'll, I think I got my money's worth. Oh, thank you. Um, also, the the I'm pretty stoked on this new this new Sony camera. This isn't part of the segment. You didn't pay for this. <laughs> uh, the new, By the way, Paul the new appears Alpha, to be keeping the, A, the money. Yeah, absolutely. The A7 III. <laughs> The, yeah. the oh, new, yeah, yeah. The new two, it's like $2,000 full frame. Sean O'Kane wrote a whole thing about how Sony is being more responsive to its customers than Nikon and Canon. I saw, I saw a theory that Sony is so far ahead of Canon and Nikon that they're just holding features back just to like, they'll just like, as soon as Canon or Nikon ever pr- look like they're waking from their slumber, Sony will be like, ha ha. <laughs> but they're, they're, they, are, they do feel very far ahead. All right, last thing. At least for video. We should talk about Google Clips. Dieter, you wrote a whole thing about it at I.O. when it came out. Um, This is Google's Google's little AI camera that you put in a room with your kids. It recognizes Mm -hmm. them, takes a bunch of photos. Dan Seifert reviewed it. So he didn't so much review it as he uh, lit it on fire in print and video. (laughs) So I noticed an interesting (laughs) thing about this this review cycle for this product. Um, Yeah. Yeah, and you know, a bunch of other people reviewed it. We did about everybody had the same basic idea, which is like this is a neat idea, execution flawed. A lot of the other reviews I read, they spent their time talking about how the core idea here is very good and futuristic. And as we generally do, we talked about the execution. Mm-hmm. I there's something in the middle there, and Dieter, I <laughs> I assigned myself a story that I failed to publish. I just sent. 500 garbage words to Dieter and said, I did this uh, and have not yet received a response, my friend. Hmm. No, um, I did. I replied right away. Hmm. Did you Was just, it LOL? I, 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 <laughs> Dieter I deleted my post. Uh, I told you it was bad. <laughs> it's bad. And I, and nothing, nothing further came of it. But uh, this is another product with a battery and a Bluetooth uh-huh. connection that you have to care for those things. To get the pictures off it, you got to open the app on your phone, like do all the stuff, it doesn't go to the cloud or anything. I think if you're going to build a, ba- a product with a battery or Bluetooth connection, it has to deliver far more time saved than you have to think than you spend thinking about its battery and Bluetooth connection. Yeah, so if you got to charge think, something, it's got to save yeah. you way more time than you ever spent thinking about charging it. So I think time saved is the wrong metric. I think it, you, this this was my response to your thing, by the way. Um, it it needs to pr- provide like some kind of value that is way beyond the amount of effort that you have to put into it. It's not necessarily time. Like the point of clips isn't to be a time saver. It's to get you something that you never would have gotten otherwise a moment with your child. And then also somebody recorded that moment without you having to fuss with a camera. Um, the, 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 the thing that was interesting looking at this review cycle to me is you, Dan did the work of judging clips on its own terms. Google claims it does this thing. Did it do the thing that Google claims it does? No, it did not. Also, uh, the camera quality isn't that good and you'd like it to be, but your phone camera quality is way better. Um, if it had done the thing, then, you know, we, you could argue about the, 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 you know, the quality of the, you know, pictures uh, and how, you know, did they pick the right lens and blah, 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 blah. But it doesn't fundamentally after a week, 
do the thing. And so he said, this is the thing it said it should do. It didn't do it. And here's, here's a score. Uh, a, bunch of, a bunch of the other stuff sort of said, it would be so great if this thing did the thing that it says it does. But it, it you know, and so therefore it seems cool. It's like, no, it, it, it didn't do the thing. So, so the, as far as I understand, the ultimate calculus is how much would you pay to have footage or at least photos of your baby taking its first steps? So that's that's the that's the wrong way to look at it, in my opinion, because I mean, okay, it's right insofar as like would this thing do it? But if you think your kid is like gearing up to take your first step, it's okay to like have someone take out their phone. Like, what? It's how much would you pay for uh, a cute photo of your kid playing by themselves? Uh, you know, serving tea to a stuffed dinosaur that you would never they would never have done if the camera were out. Well, so what seems like the ideal thing to me because one one of the things that Dan pointed out is that, you know, this is supposed to relieve him of the role of being the photographer, but he was moving this around a lot and setting it up in like different places. And so it would be interesting interesting to me here you get like a four pack of cameras and you just stick them up in strategic locations throughout your home and they're off and then when something important happens you say you yell alexa turn on the camera in the living room and then that turns on and 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 that captures the footage and because you knew it was the moment that you wanted to catch right and google's trying to sell people something that they've never wanted which is these weird ambient candids like this this special moment when yeah. when your kid was turning a block contemplatively <laughs> yeah Ooh. yeah i don't know it, it just seems like they th- that cal- i first started thinking about this with the first apple watch which tried to do way too much mm-hmm. and it's you've got to spend so much time organizing apps on it and charging it and monkeying with it and getting the notifications right like it just didn't seem worth it mm-hmm. and they've cut it down so much that basically you charge it and it shows you some notifications and some fitness tracking. John mm-hmm. Gruber and Marco Arman again this week were like, just kill the apps and the Apple Watch. Like, whatever, this is not worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, that is right to me. Like, we're starting to understand that if you're going to demand people care for something, it should deliver a very focused return. AirPods, I think, are another good example, right? You have to charge them, but not so much. And they're, they don't sound great, but they're super convenient and people mm. like them, so they're getting it back. Clips is just – the calculus is backwards to me. It's promising to save you time, but you have to, like, care for this hardware. And then the thing you get back from it is, like, did I want this? Like, this quality isn't great. And in order to actually get all these candid shots, everyone noticed, you actually got to move the camera around a bunch. So it's yeah. pointing at the right thing. I don't know. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to figure out how to write this down. And I'll put it on the website. And then every gadget maker in the world will pin it to their wall using their printers. <laughs> That's, they all have it. All right. Is that it? Here's what I will tell you. If you would like to see this experience live, <laughs> you've made a horrible mistake. But next week, uh, we're doing the show live at South by Southwest. Uh, me, Dieter, Casey Newton, Ashley Carmen, I'll be at the deep end. This is Voxpedia's brand situation. 
at South by Southwest. I've got some details here that I can read to you. Yeah, it's on Friday, March 9th, I believe, at uh, Doors are at 11. Uh, the show's going to start at noon. There's a chance that might move around depending on a fancy special guest for another show, but we'll let you know if that happens. But otherwise, plan on being there. The first 100 people to show up, uh, there might be a T-shirt in it for you. Uh, I can't guarantee it'll be a T-shirt in your size, but uh, we'll, we'll do our best. There'll definitely um, be stickers, though. Yeah, fancy there will be stickers. stickers. The yeah. last uh, Vergecast had napkins. Yeah. Yeah, Vergecast. I do need to warn you that it is 21 plus uh, the houses because uh, there uh, is a bar there. And so the, the, them's the rules. Um, what else can I tell you about it? Oh, it, we there's sponsors for the house uh, and the sponsors that are, apply to the Vergecast um, are Great Clips and Tempur-Pedic, which if you step back and think about it, Great Clips is about cutting things. Oh, Tempur-Pedic is about getting through the night. So you might say that our sponsors are going to help you snip, snip, cut through the night. You know, LG put a they, they teased a G seven. Yeah, they missed it. They just missed the opportunity. <laughs> All right. Uh, also, uh, Ashley and Caitlin will be doing a Why'd You Push That Button live. They've got a great cast. That's happening later in the day. Uh, Kara Swisher is going to be doing Recode Decode live. Uh, and Ezra Klein uh, will be doing something for fans as well. All at the deep end, March 9th through 11th at South by Southwest. Please come. Ezra Klein's going to have Melinda Gates. Yeah, I was just teasing it. I want people to okay. Google it. Okay. But yeah, Ezra's talking to Melinda Gates. This is going to be neat. Anyway, all night, March 9th through 11th, if you're going to be at South by, please come. Come see us at noon on the 9th. Ashley and Caitlin, they're doing their show on the 9th as well. There's all kinds of stuff. Register for it. There's a website. You can go to it. Boxmedia.com slash South by Southwest. Well, boxmedia.com slash SXSW-2018. Get an invitation. Come in. Open bar. Watch us do the Vergecast. You can also listen to other great shows. Our friend Lauren Good does Too Embarrassed to Ask, which is great. Kara Swisher does Recode Decode. Peter Kafka does Recode Media. All that's on iTunes. And then why'd you push that button? Coming back right after South by. So that'll be very exciting. And I've been listening to some of their second season. Remember, you know, things. I'm very excited. Very good. One of my favorite shows. That is it for this week. Shambolic, I would say. I'm so sorry to the people who pulled over. <laughs> Just, I, I apologize to you, my friends. Uh, but we'll make it up to you. Come visit us up. By. I'll buy you a drink from our open bar. He will Venmo you $2. I can't believe you kept the money. Definitely keeping the money. <laughs> All right, that's it. Rock and roll. Oh. Promo, Promo code. code.